Bible says, wherefore God has also exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess. Hallelujah. There's something about that name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, open our eyes that we may see as you see. That, Lord, if we feel attacked by our enemies, that we may see that they that are with us are more than they that be against us. Open our eyes to see ourselves the way you see us, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. If you would open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read just a couple of verses for our text today in your reading. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Acts chapter 3, verse 18. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ which before was preached to you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For just a few minutes of your time, I'm going to preach on this subject, repent and be converted. Let's pray together. Lord, this is your church. <laughs> you have established it upon yourself. The gates of hell shall not prevail. I pray today, as I already have said, that you would open our eyes, open our understanding, that you would anoint to God, this moment, for your word is both anointed for this moment and appointed for this moment. I pray in Jesus' name that you would let me walk in your spirit and not in my flesh and confirm your word with signs following in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Jesus is the only hope for the world. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is the only hope for the world. Our world does not need more empty political promises. Our world needs the power of Pentecost. God has not called us to activism. He has called us to evangelism, to rise up and build, Pastor Lucas. Our divided world needs a united church. Our sinful and unholy world needs a holy church. We must teach and preach and testify of the transforming power of Jesus Christ because He is the only hope for the world. Hopelessness abounds throughout society, but Jesus is the answer. 
Hallelujah. Imagine if I discovered the cure for all cancers, but chose to keep it a secret. How insensitive, how cold-hearted would that be? You can imagine every doctor, scientist, hospital, and even country would do their best to get the antidote from me. Hmm. Can you imagine? Well, I don't have the remedy for every cancer. I don't have a cure. But I know the answer for every sin. And just as equal as it would be for me to be cold-hearted and insensitive to hold back that reality of if I had cancer's cure, it's also insensitive and cold-hearted to hold back the fact that His blood alone atones from all sin and I've got a right to, to share that with people. If any of you were to be arrested today, part of the Miranda warning would say you have the right to remain silent. But I've come to tell you in the church, there is no such Miranda warning. In fact, to the contrary, you have a right to speak up and speak out what God has done for you. Hallelujah. I'm also glad to report to you today that Jesus Christ was the one sacrifice for sins forever. That means every sin that had ever been committed up until the point He hung on the cross. That means every sin that was being committed while He was on the cross. And every sin that would ever come into existence until the last trumpet sounds. I've come to tell you that means the one sacrifice of sins once and for all people, once and for all time, and once and for all sin. It still flows today. That blood still atones today. That name still saves today. Times have changed. Fads have changed. Centuries have come and centuries have gone. People have come and people have gone. But the message of the Lord Jesus Christ and His atoning blood still is powerful today. If we were preaching it in the African jungle, if we were preaching it in the frozen Arctic, if we were preaching it on an island somewhere, the message is still the same today. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Salvation is available for everyone who will repent, who will be baptized in His name and filled with His precious Holy Spirit. I'm so, so thankful for the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ making salvation possible. In Acts chapter 3, I preached about it last week. Peter and John go up at the hour of prayer. The lame man is healed. Jesus does, does a miracle through them. And Peter capitalizes on the opportunity because everybody is looking in amazement at what has happened. And he the Holy Ghost comes upon him and he preaches a second Pentecostal message. And that's what I've come to preach to you about today. As he's preaching about this message, the one thing that you can see if you were to read from about verse 12 through to verse 26 in chapter 3, you'll see that everything he does points to Jesus Christ. He doesn't point to himself. He doesn't point to John. He doesn't even point to their own faith to step out in faith. Everything is about faith in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ and through his name this man is healed and so on and so forth. Everything is pointing back to Jesus 
Jesus, even when he preached conviction and he said, you crucified the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Life, the Holy One, the Just. He's, he's pointing to Jesus Christ. And what's powerful is, is this. He's preaching to Jewish people who are monotheistic and he's telling them that this Jesus, the Son of God, is the Holy One. Ah, hallelujah. Proving that he in fact is the one true God. Are you thankful to know who he is today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful Savior. What a beautiful God. Amen? I want to first tell you that Jesus fulfilled all the law and the prophets. There's about 386 explicit prophecies and about 20 or so more implicit prophecies. He fulfilled even the implicit ones. But every one of them, not 99.9%. Every one of them, from Genesis 3.15, which is the first, all the way through to Malachi, which is some of the last, he fulfilled every one of them. Zechariah said he would come riding in on a donkey, and he did. Mm. Micah said he would be born in Bethlehem of Ephratah, and he was. Hallelujah. The prophets said he would be born of the house of David, and so he was. Isaiah prophesied he would be born of a virgin, and so he was. And Jesus fulfilled all of the law and the prophets. We saw this in verse 18. He has so fulfilled. Well, the same thing happened just before his ascension. He tells his disciples in Luke 24, 44. He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Amen. The ascension was one of the last things that would be fulfilled and they would be witness and testimony to it. Pastor Lucas referred to it today. Amen. He fulfilled all of the law and the prophets. He's not just another good man. He's not just another person in history. Amen. He was God manifested in the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's all one. He's God alone. Back in Luke 24, verse 45, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. He opened their comprehension. He did something supernatural. The light bulb came on. Some of you have had that moment. Some of you know what that's like to read or listen to the preaching or whatever, and all of a sudden, ding, wow, the light comes on. That's what it means. That's what God's talking about. Well, this is what happened to them. And he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. He's going through the whole death, burial, and resurrection of his own uh, self of what he went through. And then he brings that reality to what it's going to mean. He says in verse 47, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Does anybody know where the 120 were when the message got started? In Jerusalem, in an upper room. And you were witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. They waited. They tarried. They lingered. They prayed. They were in one mind and one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Listen, we don't need a sound from Washington. We don't need a sound from Lincoln. We don't need a sound from this world what we need is a sound from heaven hallelujah praise God Jesus fulfilled all of these prophecies 
Peter begins to preach. So he, he mentions that he has so fulfilled. Verses 19 and 20, watch what he says here. Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and he shall send Jesus Christ which before was preached unto you. You know what he just said right here? He just proved that Jesus Christ is not only the one true God, Holy One, a few verses earlier. He now says he shall send Jesus, meaning Jesus is the Holy Spirit. That matches what John 14 says in Jesus' own words. He dwells with you and shall be in you. <laughs> and just as he did with Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches the same exact message. It's a couple of words are changed a little bit, but it's the same exact message. You see, Peter has preached them. He has told them that they've killed the prince of life. Just like he did in the previous. The same Jesus whom you've crucified. Amen. Every preacher in this room knows what I'm talking about. You've re-preached messages before. We'll go someplace, my wife and I, and she'll say, I've heard that before. I've heard that title. But then I'll preach it and she'll say, well, it was different. Because that's what happens. I don't preach the exact same thing because the audience is different. The, the flow of the Spirit is different. Now, I do preach about 75% of my messages are all brand new, but I, I do re-preach some of them. And I've even re-preached some here. In fact, one night, Sister Alicia said, I think I've heard that before. I said, as a matter of fact, you have. Different, you know, more experiences, new, new revelations, you know, about some of the, the, the stuff. But Peter's just preaching the same thing. Let me prove it. Repent you there. Put the verse back up, verse 19. Repent you therefore. What did he say in Acts 2.38? Repent. That's the same message. Jesus said that repentance and remission of sin. So in his name. So what Jesus said to preach is what Peter preached in Acts 2. And he's now preaching in Acts 3. Repent and be converted. All right. That your sins may be blotted out for the remission of sins. And that repentance and remission of sins. Are you seeing the, the parallel here? When the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before preached to you. Tarry till you beat and do with power from on high. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's the same message. He's not preaching a new message. He's not preaching a new doctrine. And neither are we in 2024. What Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. What Peter preached here in the temple. We're still preaching today. Repent and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. And when the time of refreshing comes. When the Holy Ghost comes. Jesus will come to you. It's the same message. Praise God. Praise God. You know why? Because it works. It works in jungles. It works in fields. It works in every culture. Yes, we have to translate into those cultures, but it works. The gospel works. In fact, when Peter refers to times of refreshing, he's referring to speaking in tongues. Let me prove it. In Isaiah 28, 11 and 12, the Lord prophesied through Isaiah and said these words, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Sadly, yet they would not hear. 
So let me say this. Since that prophecy, since Peter's preaching, and since the preaching that's happened ever since in pulpits and churches and fields and places, people have rejected it. Don't reject it today. Hear the word of the Lord. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. Get the Holy Ghost. Let God fill you with his precious Holy Spirit. Let those stammering lips and another tongue come. Let that time of refreshing come. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that the message hasn't changed. This is our, 15, uh, our, our 14th year, my wife and I, but this is uh, uh, Church of Omaha's 25th year. April 18th will be the official date, but as we, as we celebrate this year, we're going to have a special 25th year anniversary celebration and weekend, April 12th through the 14th. And as we've been leading up to it, God's just been ministering to me and speaking to me that what we've preached and what we've believed for the last 25 years, for the last 2,000 years, we're still going to keep preaching. I want my children to hear it. I want one day my grandchildren to hear it. I want my great-grandchildren to hear it. I want, until Jesus comes, people to hear the message. Amen? We may have flying cars one day. I still want the same message to be preached. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And then Peter preached Jesus is coming back, verse 21, whom the heaven must receive until the time, times of restitutions of all things, which God has spoken by his mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Listen, if he fulfilled all the verses, all the prophecies, all the, the, the prophets for his first coming, he's going to fulfill all the ones for his second coming. There, there's about eight times more. So in other words, there's about 3,200 of those. But he's going to fulfill all of them too. And that's what Peter's preaching. Which, by the way, is the same thing he did in Acts. He preached, pro quoting Joel, that the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out upon all of them. And, and their sons and daughters are going to prophesy. And then he said, that great day ain't going to happen until the sun and the moon and the stars. That's what he's talking about here, the times of restitution. That's what he's referring to here, this fulfillment of yet to come. It's time for us to repent and be converted. By the way, did you know part of what that means is to return to God? All of us need to repent. And all of us need to repent daily. Paul said, I die daily. Some of us also need to be baptized today. Well, let me tell you, we've got, uh, you know, purified water over there. It's nice and warm. We have robes and towels. So if you need to be baptized, we're ready. And I would say to you what, what, what Paul said, you know, why tarry thou? <laughs> Arise and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. You don't have to wait. I mean, you know, I get sometimes people say, well, I want my mom or dad to be here or whatever. And I understand that. And, but, but listen, if, if there's no other really pressing matter, <laughs> there's no time like the present. And if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit or some of us need to be refilled or renewed, Today's the day. Don't wait. Don't wait till the, you know, Easter Sunday. And don't wait till we have a special speaker come. Don't wait till Nebraska conference. Amen. Today's the day of salvation. In Acts chapter 3, verse 23, he said that we must hear. He says these words. It shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear that prophet shall be destroyed among the people. 
Well, the opposite then would also be true, that every person who does hear that prophet, in other words, hears and obeys, acts upon the word of God, shall be saved. I want to be saved. How about you? I don't want to make the mistake that some of the Jews made in rejecting God because they didn't believe they had to repent for anything. I'd rather repent and, and just in case, Lord, if there's sins of omission, stuff I didn't even know about, just, I want to just cleanse myself, double check, triple check, quadruple check. Amen. I'm so thankful, though, that despite many of them rejecting him, Jesus still gave them the first chance to be saved. And so my question might be to you today is, who here needs to repent? Now, I'm not asking that to make anybody feel embarrassed or anyone to get up necessarily right now and walk to the front. Although, if you want to, that's okay. Because we're family. This is a safe place. And if anyone judges you, well, God will judge them. So, you know, let's let the Lord handle that. Amen. Many, many times I've had to pray, pray and repent and, you know, talk to the Lord. <clears throat> you see, the lame man in Acts 3 got more than he expected. He traded lameness for wholeness. And likewise, what Peter preached, you'll see in the next chapter, turns into a 5,000 soul revival. You'll exchange your sin for God's salvation if you repent and experience the new birth. Hallelujah. Woo! Old, old song. Just simply goes like this. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where from cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from my sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within there at the cross where he took me in. Singing glory to his name. Oh, precious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad that I entered in. Because it was there that Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Singing glory to his name. And for anybody in the room that ain't yet been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, come to this fountain so rich and sweet. All you got to do is cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. If you plunge in today, you'll be made complete. You'll be singing glory to His name. Glory to His name. Sing glory. Hallelujah. There to my heart. Singing glory. Glory to His name. Oh, glory. 
written that song, I'd have done like this. Cody! Wash away my sin. 
probably one of the other most famous verses Acts 4.12 neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved you know now to say that is to be exclusive that's the only name to be saved in yeah we don't say that to be rude. We don't say that to be mean. We don't say that to be jerks. But what we do say is, that's the name that saves. It's been saving since an upper room. Hallelujah. And it's going to save until Jesus comes back. And so whether it's on a Sunday or a Wednesday, whether it's at a conference or, or a Bible study or a prayer meeting, that is the only name that will save. Praise God, praise God. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See me, see Pastor Lucas, see one of the other pastors. If you want to be baptized, amen, you can do that, and, and God will, will touch you. Pray for our Spanish church. I know there's a couple that they've been witnessing to and teaching, and they're interested in getting baptized as well. God is moving, and we're going to have revival in Jesus' name. Love you. God bless you. Let's go be the church.